Hello, and welcome to Bruce World, How I See Things. If you haven't guessed it, I'm Bruce, Bruce Handler. And with each episode, I plan to discuss a thought-provoking topic and, of course, share my point of view. To talk about humans and the interesting things we do, maybe teach you a thing or two, share some facts that are really true, and make you laugh at least once before I'm through. Hello, and welcome to episode 19 of my podcast entitled, Can Men and Women Be Friends? And What About Jealousy? Now, before I dive into this topic, I know that in today's modern world, some people may be quick to jump on me and give me a hard time because I've narrowed down the sexes to just two categories. But I'm doing this because, one, I need to incorporate some historical information that looks at this subject as a male-female issue. Two, there's a significant amount of current information on this particular topic. Three, the topic was recently heatedly debated on a popular radio program, which motivated me to want to address it in the first place. And four, the reality is that this subject, as described, men and women and friendships, is still such a hot topic in our modern times. Now that I've gotten that explanation out of the way, it's a good time for me to mention that this particular podcast will also follow my new format that should make some of you happy, okay, many of you, and that all of my episodes will now be no more than 20 minutes long. So I'm going to do a better job of giving just a little background on my topics and then cut to the quick and share what I think is helpful information and ideas that may influence your thinking, as well as action steps that you can try that may lead to changes in behavior. Now back to the subject at hand. And before I give you the answer to the question, can men and women be friends with a drum roll, of course, a topic that I found out has actually been discussed and debated for several decades, I first have to share how heated this topic can become when you bring it up with others, in particular in front of a group of people. This just seems to be one of those subjects that can be polarizing, where people can feel very strongly about their views on this matter and will state vehemently, not an easy word for me to say, that the answer is unequivocally yes, while others will state just as strongly that the answer is unequivocally no. Now, what I find most interesting is that all this heated discussion typically gets going without anyone even first taking the time to define what friendship means, and if there are others involved, like significant others. And what I believe fuels the heat of these discussions is that people end up sharing absolute assumptions. What do I mean by that? What can make this topic so polarizing, a classic example is when a person states, like it's a fact, that all men only want one thing from a woman, and therefore it's impossible for men just to be friends with women. Now, what I ask you to think about doing is to try bringing up this topic with friends or family members at your next gathering or get-together and see what happens. And be prepared for the sparks. So before I answer the question, let me quickly define what I do and don't mean by friends. I'm not talking about acquaintances or colleagues or people who may interact because they're on the same softball team. It's not about people you just casually know. Instead, I'm talking about real true friends who are in a meaningful but platonic, 
non-romantic, non-sexual friendship, who describe their relationship as a friendship. And more specifically, it means you care about the well-being of the other person and what's going on in their life that impacts them, and you have their back. You're protective of them. And you have a connection based on similar traits and beliefs where you feel you can be open with your thoughts and feelings. That this is the kind of person you can vent to and be supported by versus being judged. So, back to that question. Can men and women be friends? Drum roll, please. And the answer is clearly yes. Well, actually the answer is clearly more like maybe, slash, it depends. In other words, yes, but under certain circumstances. Now, I know some of you now will think I'm nuts, that I've lost it, that I don't know what I'm talking about. So let's talk more about this topic and explore it further. And without question, I will admit that such friendships can be complicated because it not only depends on the dynamic of the friendship, but also on the people in the friendship who have significant others and the level of comfort by their partners with opposite sex relationships, and if they have any themselves. Now, you will find some articles, if you look hard enough, that will say opposite sex friendships are impossible and a downright facade. But the common consensus is that they're not only possible, but they're also growing. In fact, a majority of men and women have at least one opposite sex friend. And if you think of how many men and women are in the workforce today and how much time people spend there, friendships are going to naturally form. And actually, these friendships can have significant positives for those who are in love relationships. More on that in a moment. Now, women often have at least one good same-sex friend, but sadly, many men don't. And this is a problem, and it's getting worse in the land of social media, which I now refer to as social distancing, because it's actually creating more superficial connections and leading to greater isolation. And so when it comes to men and friendships, most have what are known as activity friends, people to do things with or to talk about daily happenings in the news, including life events, and of course, The most common subject talked about is sports. I actually saw one study that showed men discuss sports when they're together as much as 80% of the time. What's their next favorite subject? Discussing women, followed by careers. The bottom line is that many men have a tough time discussing deep, meaningful things and emotions with other men. Now, because many men don't often have close connection friendships, When they become friends with a woman, some benefits of these relationships include learning how to become more in tune with their feelings and emotions, and then to become more capable of expressing them. And their female friends can be great sounding boards when men have challenges with their significant other and can offer suggestions on how to handle their relationship issue from a woman's perspective. And obviously, these relationships can also benefit women in a similar way. Now, it's true that men and women can have somewhat of a tendency to view their friendships with each other differently. 
although the difference is much more profound with younger men. Younger men have a greater tendency to become attracted to their female friends and are more likely to believe the feelings are mutual when they usually are not. And this generally occurs more often when both are single. However, these men don't often act on their feelings and these friendships often fizzle out because they're not based on a strong foundation. More mature older men who are single, who have single female friends, often don't have issues with their friendships turning into something more, but it does happen on occasion. However, they're likely to be more open about it and act in a more respectful way to see if the feelings are mutual. Now, the reality is the opposite sex friendships can definitely lead to something more. And I'm talking about affairs do occur, but it's often not just because of the friendship. It's most often because of the relationship with the significant other that's already broken, damaged, where there's significant issues. In particular, where communication between the couple is very poor, where one or both feel neglected, where the person doesn't feel loved, they don't feel supported. And when they're struggling, instead of turning to their significant other, they feel like the only person they can turn to is their opposite sex friend. And that is more of a recipe for an affair. The greatest signal that a friendship is likely to lead to a romantic relationship is when your significant other is not sharing their life challenges and struggles with their partner. Now, the best way to ensure these opposite sex friendships work out and don't cause issues for those in a friendship or for their significant others is to live by certain boundaries or better yet, to discuss them and in particular, if there are significant others involved. And if the opposite sex friend is not interested in this conversation about boundaries, then are they really a true friend? And these boundaries are, of course, not just something to talk to your platonic friend about, but you also want to discuss and agree on them, assuming they're reasonable, with your significant other, in particular if they're more inclined to be jealous, which is much more typical with significant others who have no opposite sex friends, and obviously if they're also insecure about themselves as a person and the state of their current love relationship. Now, when it comes to jealousy... It's one of the most common emotions, and the most common type of jealousy is romantic jealousy. Now, everyone experiences this to some extent. It's perfectly normal. But some experience it much more than others. Now, both genders become jealous when they fear they might lose their partner to someone else. For the most part, the more open, honest, and transparent people are with each other, the less jealous they'll become. Now, does that mean you need to share everything, every conversation or communication you've had with your opposite sex friend, with your significant other? The answer is no, because sometimes they may not react well to something, even though to you it's nothing. So although I'm a fairly big fan of transparency, if your significant other read every text, email, or DM shared between you and your friend, it wouldn't take much for them to possibly see something more than what's really there. And by nature, as I mentioned, since human beings are jealous creatures, doing this can cause more harm than good. 
Also, it's not ideal for a significant other to be able to overhear phone conversations you have with an opposite sex friend. Again, because it might not take much for them to overhear something, including just a laugh for them to misconstrue the conversation. You need to use your common sense and know how your significant other may feel and react. You need to know what their hot buttons are before you decide what to share. But yes, it's important to talk about your friendship, to be open about it, to talk to your significant other about what you and your friend are talking about. What are the things that you like to share? But no, it's going to get you in more trouble, guaranteed, if you allow them to just pick up the phone whenever they want, start scrolling through any interaction you're having with an opposite sex friend, or to overhear a phone conversation, again, because those could be misconstrued. Now, speaking of sharing, before I share the boundaries, I need to mention two important things. One, Only you can decide what boundaries make the most sense for you. I can't do that for you because all relationships are different and what you and your platonic friends and significant others are okay with will vary. So I can only offer some guidance. Two, boundaries change. (laughs) Relationships change. So you may want to revisit your boundaries over time. See if they're working for you. Here is Bruce's top 12 list of boundaries to consider, and they should help you enjoy your friendship and at the same time, minimize the jealousy of your significant other. Number one, tell your significant other about your opposite sex friends, that you have them. Give them background on those individuals and how you connected. Be transparent and don't try to hide things about them like if they were married three times. At the same time, the last thing you want to do is brag about them. Imagine how you would feel if your partner did this with you. Oh my God, Susie did this and that and this and she's so great and blah, blah, blah. Not a good idea. (laughs) Number two, don't flirt. I don't think I need to define that for anybody. Number three, tied in with not flirting. Watch excessive compliments about looks or attractiveness and the like. Once in a while is normal. Try to avoid treating them much differently than you would your same sex friends. Number four, avoid touching, except maybe for an occasional friend's hug, although some of you may feel more comfortable avoiding that as well. Number five, don't ever discuss sex or sexually related topics. Number six, be careful about going out on what might be viewed as a date or anything that could be construed as a date, like meeting by yourselves for drinks, or for dinner, or a movie, or a play, and the like. I'm not talking about when you get together with one of your opposite sex friends in the cafeteria, or maybe you even have lunch on occasion, which is something, let's say, you typically do with your same-sex friends. Number seven is don't overly communicate with your platonic friend. You shouldn't be interacting with them much more than you interact with your other friends, and in particular, more than your significant other. Number eight, minimize communication by phone. Once in a while, if that's what you do with your other friends, that should be acceptable, but keep those conversations brief. Nine, don't endlessly complain about your significant other. Once in a while is normal. 10. Avoid giving gifts and cards unless you would normally get them for your same-sex friends. 
11. Don't solely rely on them for your emotional support or advice. Involve your other friends and your significant other as well. When significant others don't feel like you're having meaningful conversations with them about how you feel about things in your life, that will likely be a big trigger of jealousy. Number 12. Now, you may think this is too radical, but consider having your friend meet with your significant other. The three of you getting together for a drink or a meal or It could be the four of you if your friend also has a significant other. Even if you follow all the guidelines I just shared, do opposite sex friendships sometimes turn into romantic relationships when there are significant others? And I alluded to this earlier, and the answer is yes. Without question, this happens. But it's clearly the exception and not the rule. And there are more positives than negatives in general to having these platonic relationships, as I stated earlier. When do these friendships turn into something more? It most often happens earlier on in short-term friendships versus lengthy friendships, and generally with younger people who are less mature, and with friends who interact excessively with each other and provide each other emotional support, putting themselves ahead of all others in their life. And where one or more is fairly unhappy with their lives, in particular with their relationships, and where in the relationship their significant other does one or more of these five things. They don't show much of an interest in their partner and what they have to say, even if they're really down and need someone to talk to. Number two, They judge while their partner is sharing information versus showing empathy, understanding, support. They turn every conversation into a problem-solving session when their partner just wants to be heard. Number four, they don't show appreciation for their partner and, for example, rarely, if ever, compliment them. Number five, they don't know their partner's love language and meet those needs. (laughs) And some of you are going to have to Google love languages to learn more. Well, that's it for this topic. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I made it through without one reference to the movie When Harry Met Sally. I'll let you think about that. And I'll remind you that if you have any life challenges, including those having to do with relationships, jealousy, trust, you're just a coach away from getting help. Please feel free to contact me at brucecoachcca at gmail.com. That's brucecoachcca at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to help you. The first consultation is free. So thanks for stopping by, and thanks for listening, if you're still awake. I hope you were entertained, maybe learned something new, smiled a time or two, and here's to having at least an okay day. And if you don't, that you have what it takes to make it through. This is Bruce from Bruce World, the way I see things, and I hope you'll join me for my next episode.